This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Meruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me again... Here we go. Nah, just Jared Mariyama today. Nice. I like it. There he is. That saves us about 10 minutes. Yeah. I thought about, like, what other... I was trying to think, rack my brain of what other things I can add Mm -hmm. to your name, and it just... Hurt. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't like, as fun and entertaining as Shorts Guy because that has, there's a story behind that. Right, right. Uh, and I don't know. It, I can't. I'm not as creative with nicknames. Boomerang guy. I, I might be. Ponytail That's guy. Not you. Oh, you're, you're, you're neither of those things. Soon. Let's be real. Soon. Uh, you have incredibly short hair. Yes. So it's. I could do it. I mean. Maybe an older Sokka, like Sokka, (laughs) (laughs) middle-aged Sokka. (laughs) Anyway. Anyways. Uh, Before we um, get started, and speaking of animation, today is the 30th anniversary of uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. 30 years. Just so you know. Isn't it? But that's just weird, isn't it? 30 years? So I wanted to ask you about that. This is actually going to segue into another question I have for you, which is ridiculous. Yes. But, um... Were you a fan of Chippendale Rescue Rangers? I know that whole like Disney Afternoon era, um, Gummy Bears, right? And then later years was like Dark and Duck and Gargoyles. But were you a fan of all of those shows or uh, just kind of some of them? So here's the thing: I'm older, so like I wasn't a kid when those came. I mean, I was younger, but I right. wasn't a, like it wasn't targeted towards me then. But as a fan of animation, I was aware of them. Uh, that is specifically for you young people because so <laughs> Chippendale Rescue Rangers to me made sense because they were these sort of side characters and you know like there wasn't there was a lot of controversy at the time of Disney doing these daily shows like this that it was somehow uh, you know cheapening the animation sort of along the lines of how uh, people were getting upset about the sequels the direct to video mm-hmm. sequels that was kind of the attitude towards this stuff uh, early on from a- at my age but you guys are the generation that it was geared towards so you guys have nothing but nostalgia for it so i yes. did watch these shows and i thought ducktales was the most successful out of them all mm-hmm. tailspin was the one that sort of like it's so weird like shere khan in that suit and everything i'm like that one <laughs> was the one that stretched it I think the most and it was using like a classic film character and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was sort of the atmosphere at the time. So I, I, I watched the episodes. I didn't watch it religiously and I don't have the same sort of, uh, I don't know, association right. that you right. guys do. But um, I, yeah, I was definitely aware of them when they came out. I, I didn't really have a problem with tailspin. I think the weirdest one, if you're looking at all of those shows and like group them together, mm-hmm. the one that stands out the most, and we actually talked about this a few episodes ago, was is Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that one is pretty dark. Right, it doesn't you know the animation and the character design kind of looks and feels Disney-ish, but it's definitely like by far stands out as the most different one and. Doesn't really feel very Disney to me. But at least for that one, it was an original property, I think. Um, Because it's not based on anything, right? It was just the show, right? It's not a comic book. I'm not sure. 
Oh no, it might. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's loosely based off of different miscellaneous like gargoyle lore. Yeah, 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 but not but something specific. No, it, yeah, it wasn't like a. So that's why for something like Gargoyles or or Bonkers or um, some of those other ones where it's an original property, that made more sense. And that felt more Saturday morning, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the ones where they're taking these classic characters and doing weird things with them like that, like putting them in these odd storylines. I think that mm-hmm. was more troubling at yeah, the I, beginning. I didn't know. I mean, like you said, I was young and the target audience at the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, any sort of controversy just went straight over my head. Right, right. Uh, I had no idea that that was a thing. I could see the issue with the direct-to-DVD or VHS sequels or even, like, direct-to-Disney Channel movies. Yeah, right, um, right. But I, I never knew that they people had a similar issue with the... Right, um, the animated TV series. It makes sense, but yeah. I never knew that. Right. I mean, so that was just in in that era where it felt like everything was a cash grab, and they're just exploiting all of these you right. know, assets that they have and stuff. So, but look, it's taken this long for everyone to feel sort of nostalgic and like feel good about <laughs> those shows. So, um, and then like with the reboot of Ducktales, that's I think making a big difference. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's it's very weird, like. I was going to ask this later in the episode, but, um, you know, there is, traditional TV watching doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's almost it's difficult, at least for me, to tell what people are really watching because you, you got you kind of got a grasp for it when you're watching TV normally. Yeah, because you can see which uh, commercials were being aired and like right. which shows were being pushed a certain way. Uh, now it's just it's I have a very like it's like tunnel vision on the information I get because in social media, I only see like what other people post and, you know, s- people similar to the way I think or feel about certain. Shows. Right. So right. It's very skewed a certain way. I have no idea if DuckTales, the new DuckTales is actually really popular or not. Right. No. So, I, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think it is. I assume it is. Seems like yeah, they're, they're touting too, it that but, it is. <laughs> That's why I like uh, the Avatar model, whereas like if you knew that everything that started had a beginning and an end, if you knew like, oh, this thing's going to go three seasons or whatever, I I think I'm more like engaged that way. Like because you know that there's an end and they're not just sort of spinning their wheels until they find out if they get another season of this thing. And right. right. How do we stretch out the story? So hopefully like deliberate. Yeah. yeah, And with the streaming model now, that seems to make even more sense. Um, So hopefully we start seeing more of that as like traditional, you know, like broadcast commercial TV starts going away. Yeah. I think, well, at least for the storytelling, if you can omit those breaks Mm -hmm. you definitely can it's a better and more enjoyable viewing experience but uh, it's streaming services are totally changing the way that media is presented to us and how we consume it well even now if something comes on that's episodic or week by week part of me thinks like i'll I'll wait till it comes to netflix and i'll just watch the whole thing i'm not going to try to keep up with this thing week by week and dvr it and, and yeah yeah you lose that. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. You lose that kind of magic of, or, you know, everybody's watching the show kind of together. Mm-hmm. Everybody now is at their own pace. You know, if it's a live show, the only two that are really popular that I can think of now are like The Walking Dead and Game of Game Thrones. Game of Thrones, right, right. But, <clears throat> um, yeah, other than that, it's like 
it's either a Netflix or a Hulu show and people watch it like the first weekend that it comes out. So it's it's pretty sporadic and as far as how people view these shows. Right. Which it, but and yet I am watching probably more TV now than I ever have just because I never do that thing where I just turn on the TV and just try to find something to watch. Like there's yeah. always this queue of things like, oh, I got to catch up with this or I want to start this series. So I am watching more TV. I actually, so you know this already. I was sick last week and during like almost for a whole week, I was kind of out Gross. and couldn't do much uh, work. But I spent a lot of time on the couch watching Netflix and TV and it, um, it, it is weird because it's the first time in probably years when I actually sat down and was j- watching TV, you know, like we would before DVR and before Netflix. You were like, Just, like channel surfing TV? Kind of. You know, I had the guide open, obviously, and I was looking <laughs> through what was on right, <clears throat> or right. available, but it, it feels so, it almost feels foreign now. Like I've, we've gone so far the other way. That traditional TV is like, it's uh, it's bizarre and kind of foreign. Yeah, it feels um, old fashioned to me. Like I can yeah. like I'm I spend more time probably on the guide page than I do right. actually watching stuff. Um, and then commercials just like we are so spoiled yeah, with fast yeah. forward. It's like I can't even remember <laughs> yeah. watching TV before. With commercials and all that, it's uh, yeah, we've definitely been spoiled. And then, like, a commercial come on, I'll already like, I'm like, what am I? I forgot what I was watching. What are we watching? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it totally ruins it. Yeah, um, but because I was sick and was able to watch so much, I binge watched all of the Umbrella Academy mm. and all of Russian Doll, which I gotta say, that one was a huge surprise for me. Like, they did a terrible job marketing this mm, thing because mm-hmm. just off of the stills and uh, some of the previews, like it, I had zero, maybe even like negative interest in this. Um, but somebody recommended it to me, and then I read a little bit deeper, like mm-hmm. a synopsis on it, and it seemed like an interesting concept. Yeah, and once I got into it, it was actually it's a really good. Uh, short series does it so. does it carry through though through all the episodes like you were happy with watching like the first one is great and, and it kind of sets it all up and it's really bonkers and it moves fast even mm-hmm. by the second one things slow down considerably <laughs> yeah but, um, i would i mean i think it's only like eight seven or yeah. eight episodes so and they're half hours it. right they're yeah, like 30 you, minute episodes you get through it pretty quick um but yeah the pacing it's pretty intense and there's there's a I don't want to say too much. There's some sort of a yeah a curve that happens. Okay, like right, through. right, right, right. That's why, yeah, yeah. I think that's why the it marketing was so like tight about it because they don't want to, you know, say too Give much. Give away about too it. much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the concept itself seems like the selling point. So yeah, it was. Um, I definitely recommend it. Uh, so don't let their their marketing deter you. Give it a shot. So now, Umbrella Academy. We talked about this a little bit on the last one when you were all upset about people who are angry about adaptations Uh, (laughs) what did you think of the show though i mean like i didn't watch it any of it yet um but so i i read the graphic novels um this is probably like 15 years ago Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 years ago so it's been a long time since uh i read it 
I remember like the basic plot lines and kind of what happens loosely. Um, and then I remember other than that, I just remember I loved it. It was one of my favorite graphic novels. Having like this fragmented in bits of information, like the big plot points stuck out at me. So knowing where the show was headed, I kind of got ruined because mm, yeah. you know, I already knew what where all of this was headed. And it kind of, I don't know if this happens to you when you, if you read or do a, like a book song tape before you watch a TV show or a book song tape. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or audible, whatever you kids call it these days. <laughs> um, like it, it kind of skewed with me because I would remember certain plot points from reading the graphic novel and knowing these characters already, but like certain things hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So it kind of like messed with my head right. as far as what information has actually been shared. Um, like where are these characters now in terms of this current storyline? Um, and then... There's one thing that was really weird to me and you kind of, you know, omit these weirdness, these weird things when you're reading a comic book or watching a cartoon. Is it spoilery? They just give no, a no, warning. Okay. No. They have a monkey butler. Right, right. And like, you know, if you're reading a comic, it's like, oh, they got a monkey butler. Cool. But they made, they tried to make the show like very realistic um, you know, granted they're superheroes. Right, right, right. But still, yeah. But still relatively grounded. Um, and like they don't really explain how or why there's a monkey butler. Mm. And he lo- he just looks like a chimpanzee that can talk, is articulate, and like, wears a suit. Like Planet of the Apes kind of thing? Like that kind of a feel to it? The, the CG? Uh, no, or? it was just, yeah, yeah. Well, like the maybe the newer Planet yeah, of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looked I mean. like just a chimp. Wearing a like a nice suit <laughs> and could talk with an right. English accent. Oh, an English accent. Um, so that that was weird, be, you know, because they're trying to make it as realistic as you can. Mm-hmm. But then they have this kind of these weird little nods uh, or weird bits and pieces that happen throughout. So overall, um, would you say though? So now's your chance to be grumpy adaptation guy. What, no. what did you think overall? Like, like they got so, it right or they changed the tone or they made it funnier than the graphic novel. So I will say you have, this is a show that is meant to be a little bit campier. Mm-hmm. It's not very serious. It's supposed to be a little bit funny and campy. Um, that comes across in the yeah, trailers for sure. If, if you have read the graphic novel, try to separate the two mm. as best as you can. Um, I did really like it. I think it took maybe two or th- probably actually three episodes for me to really get on board. Yeah. Um, but then once you are familiar with this world and the characters a little bit more, it was really enjoyable for me. So I really liked it. Were you were you happy with the casting? Uh, yeah, I was fine with all of it. I mean, I can't say that I'm really familiar with all of them apart from this show. So it didn't really deter me where like I was I saw this character and thought of them in a different role. Yeah. Uh, and they did well with the characters. They kind of made them their own. So So you give it a recommend. A squared co yeah. <laughs> thumbs up. Sure. Okay. Whatever whatever we uh we do with those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh we didn't talk about this yet, but I, I actually thought I was going to start with it because it's on my head. The Amazon treasure truck 
Oh it's my god! Always around. I love this thing. I don't understand. Time, I saw your picture. I don't know either. You, you took a picture time, with them, and you're bothering them, <laughs> and they gave you a hat so you'd leave. And then, <laughs> yes, I'm wearing my treasure truck hat right now. So it is such a cool idea for me, or in my opinion, like it's this big ass branded truck mm-hmm. um, by Amazon, and they just go from random spot to random spot and give away. You either can buy stuff from it via Amazon. And then you pick it up there mm-hmm. or they'll have like a game and right. different stuff you can win. Um, this, the when I went to get this hat, it couldn't have been like a more perfect thing they were giving away. It was a protein bottle shaker and free protein powder. It was all free. Mm. So I went there as a gym guy, got the protein shaker and all of these protein powder packets. Yeah. And I got a free treasure truck hat as well. That very exciting. It was a great day. Uh, These are great day, Jared. Mm, such as the simple, stupid things. What, um, like, mm. can you when you think about this? I'm sure you've kind of thought this through. Like, what aspect of this is it that you like? Like, do you just like the concept of it, and you want to play along, or are you really excited so, about this shaker? <laughs> it's it's all of the things. So you know, we both are like shopping right. and consumerism. It's, it's basically, <laughs> yes, it's a new way to shop. And we've had this conversation before too, where, you know, we like the hunt mm-hmm. of a thing, right? This is like a literal treasure box or it's treasure. I mean, <laughs> it, the way, just because it has that in the title, like subconsciously messes with my brain. Oh my God. Like and a makes kid. Me think it's like a cool thing. But the way that they set it up, it's like you have to go find the truck um, and they have games involved with it. The truck itself is very, very, I don't know, animated. Um, It's I understand it's stupid for me to be this excited about it. Oh, Amazon is thrilled. It's such a it's so it's such a cool and fun experience, like a different way to shop. Hmm. And I don't know, makes me excited. I like, we've talked about this before, sort of on a conceptual level, but like, wouldn't that be interesting if someone like Mondo says, okay, we got these prints that everybody wants. We only have so many of them. We're going to send out this email at this point so that you can't line up at their shop or something like that. Like, we're going to be right. at the Best Buy over here, you know, at 10 o'clock and then just see what happens. Like, I wonder if that model would work or if that's just frustrating everybody. It's so, you know, Mondo, they obviously they have a relatively big following. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of fans and people that buy their products. Yeah. If you so the problem with doing it at a specific location like that is, you know, it, there's no guarantee that their audience, they have a big enough following in that, in that area. area. So maybe so, Funko can do it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That would be a great that's a great idea for mm-hmm. them to do something like that. Um yeah, Funko's a good and a big enough brand to make something like that successful. Yeah, interesting. That is so weird. Uh, speaking of toys, if we can move off the treasure truck now. I'm yes. sorry, did you get all that? Go ahead, sure. I haven't heard an update on uh, Voltron. What's going on? Did you even start that? Did you break um, it out of the box so yet? So embarrassing. No. <laughs> it's still behind me. The box? Uh, it's still in the box? Yes. So oh, I, I thought I was going to do it over the holiday break, but I ended up... Um, yeah, it wasn't like a, a surprise vacation, but like I ended up being I was gone for longer than 
I thought oh, he right, took right, over right. The, the time that I had mentally scheduled for the build of this Lego Voltron. Boo. How I boring. Know. I feel like, oh, you know what? That could have been a good sick week activity. Yes. Well, <laughs> you bring it in and it's all messed up because you were sick and you put it together you crappy. Couldn't think, yeah, you couldn't think straight. <laughs> Lose pieces. All directions. This is, by the way, the uh, February recap. I don't think we've mentioned that yet. (laughs) Ah, Welcome. Welcome. What did you do in February, Jared? Very, very little. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a dirty lie. Okay. And very rude because we actually spent a lot of time together. Yeah, actually we we did. Yeah. We are by, you know, not by choice. We're becoming real friends, Jerry. Oh, it's kind of scary. Yeah. So that'll <laughs> that'll end it for sure. That'll <laughs> being far away has sort of prolonged it. But now that I'm seeing you once a month, I think we're yeah. I know you're you're doing something at Disneyland like once a month. Yeah. And I can't. I you know I can make an excuse as to not come over to your house for dinner when right. you live eight hours away. But when you're like 20 minutes away, it's a little bit more difficult. So if I lived closer, let's say I lived down the street. <laughs> oh, man. Would you have called me and said, hey, I'm going to the treasure truck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, knowing that you're a hater and don't share my excitement for the treasure truck. Maybe not. You still wouldn't bother me to be like, come on, just go. It's so cool. You're going to love it. <laughs> I would I would bother you to go once yeah. just so you can experience. It. And then if you are still a grump after that. You'd say, forget I would, it. I would, yeah. yeah, I'd leave it alone. You're ruining just, treasure track now. I'd just go by myself. What about <laughs> uh, movies? Would we go to the movies all the time or would you rather just, do you just Oh, go? I would invite you a lot. I don't know. I mean, so- I go to all movies. Like yeah. I don't really have, there's not really a threshold for what movies I would and would not see. Mm. Um, I tend to stay away from the horror films. Um, but yeah. other than yeah, that, yeah. I pretty much will see anything. So oh. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we would see a lot. I still would guess that I would see far more than you. Um, but yeah, I would. I mean, the invite would be there. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, that's all hypothetical and stupid. Um, uh, did you watch the Oscars? <laughs> well, we can gloss over this super fast because I thought Ooh. it was a goofy show. And um, so, okay, I did. Uh, I don't know if there's much I want to talk about. Yeah, but there's a segue from this that I did want to ask you about. Uh, so I didn't see any of the pictures. Uh, like I have been obsessed with Oscars since I was little. Like <laughs> even yeah. when I was too young to even see. You know, like when the movies were. You know, when you were little, you couldn't understand how those adult movies, like, how do they, why do they like these movies so much? They're yes, like super yes. long and boring and there's no animation or robots or something, <laughs> you know? So even then, um, but I'd still watch the Oscars and this was the first year where I was like, I saw so few of the films and just mm-hmm. couldn't care less, wasn't connecting with, you know, or rooting for anybody. The animation was the biggest one. Uh, no big surprises there, even in, in that category. So, no. um, you know, and there was no host and it didn't really make a difference, I don't think. Not at all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was kind of just, that was more upsetting to me this year than anything about the actual show or the winners or, or anything like that, because I was like, oh gosh, I didn't care about it. Uh, but I did, I did watch it kind of in the background. <laughs> yeah, I, this is, uh, you know, opposite of what you said. I've always been interested, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down with the intent to watch the Oscars Mm. except this was the first year that I sat and watched like pretty much the whole thing through yeah 
I know we um, were supposed to do it last year, but uh, we didn't. We did the whole yeah draw or the guess whatever. your yeah the guess ballot the winners. Thing. Yeah, we didn't um, see that through. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of Oscars, it's true. So this actually this story I don't know if it just popped up today, uh, but I just heard about it today on recording time. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you? I'm sure you've heard about it or seen it in your social media feeds. But this air quotes controversy with Spielberg and Netflix. Mm. No, actually, have I haven't. No. Ah, no. Well, let me educate you. I've Jerry. been very busy this weekend. So Steven Spielberg, you may have heard of the fellow. He is basically saying that. He, and oh, I'm oh, okay. totally paraphrasing here. I so think I know what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't kill me. But saying um, that Netflix and streaming services that offer movies, they should not be allowed to win Oscars. Mm. Um, and that should, they are more like TV movies that should go and be a part of the Emmys instead of the Oscars. And then I bet Emmys would say the same thing. Like, no, that doesn't count. They got a theatrical run. But so, so did you look it up that uh, like if these things have to have a theatrical run to be considered, I assume they do. I thought so too. And if that's the case, I think it's fine, but I kind of side with Spielberg if that isn't a rule. So if it's just a straight up Netflix movie, I do consider that more TV. So I guess it really depends on like where, how you define a film it, uh, yeah i mean i think it has to be that rule i know with like the animated short they have to be in so many festivals or or you know like there's this quota they have to make for it to Criteria, be criteria yeah considered um for for um to be nominated uh, i'm sure that's the case with the films and and maybe they're just annoyed because netflix is doing the absolute minimum um, so it's like, oh, it has right. to play for a week in the theater. So like they're literally just doing a week in the theater as opposed to having it compete, you know, with everything else. Yeah. Um, but I otherwise I'm like, who cares who creates the film or, you know what I mean? Like it, they would just change their name or something to like Netflix Studios or something. And then. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a problem with where it comes from, but I do think it's a little not that it's not fair, but it's, it seems weird that. You know, if you're consuming this on TV, it's different. It's totally different than film. I don't know. It's I can't really justify it and argue why I feel that way. It's just a stupid yeah belief. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's so funny too because like there's so many of these films now that we don't even watch in the theater. You know that you you do wait for it to come on Netflix or or DVD even uh, for for a lot of these nominees. So I don't know. It, it seems like they're they are kind of blurring. Um, and I guess that would just be up to the Academy to set these rules or maybe make the rules stricter so that it does lean more towards the the cinematic experience. I'll have to read into it a little bit more to see what exactly his issue is with it. If it is, you know, just being a film that has a theatrical release or not. But yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting and, We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. You know, we we talked about Netflix and streaming services affecting mm-hmm. uh, how we watch TV. You know, uh, maybe a couple years ago, the movie industry and was kind of hurting. The ticket sales weren't where they were. In a weird way, I've heard and read reports that Movie Pass kind of helped people get back into the theaters. And now there's a whole Movie Pass issue. 
Um, but people have still seem to be going to the theaters after that. So who knows how streaming services and movies are going to affect the theaters in the long run. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to become more like, um, you know, like event. Everything has to be like an event film, you know, like you're you're not going to go see like a drama right. in the theater anymore. You're just going to go see a Lord of the Rings or, or uh you know, yeah, the, these crazy, like yeah, like Star special Wars. effects or then they're going to start adding all this stuff. Maybe they'll start act, act um, adding virtual reality. Segway, segway, segway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great segue there. Because um, so- that to me would be the best thing, right? Well, that would be something you'd have to leave the house for. You probably can't set up in your own home. You'd have to leave. I mean, I, I think that's what the theater experience might become. That's, um, fuck. I mean, I hope it doesn't. I do think that would be a fun experience, but I hope that doesn't never becomes like the norm. Mm. You know, I could totally see, cause right now they already have 4DX. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is silly. like, it is ridiculous. Yeah. I saw the last, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 4DX. It was so stupid. Yeah. So stupid. They have like the way the theater is set up, at least the one that I went to. I don't know if it's as like this at all 40x locations. Yeah. But it, it was like four or five seats. They're like grouped and on this little platform. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's like Star Tours, but a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so dumb. Like, because it doesn't make sense. Because, you know, when you're watching a movie, it's not from the perspective of one person. So, like when this platform moves doesn't really make sense and isn't consistent because it'd be like if one person gets punched in the face or in the body like you're there would be a thud or something Mm -hmm. and then another character will jump i don't know on a wooden stage yeah so you vibration or something yeah yeah like where's the like who are whose actions are we feeling? Is it supposed to be every single character on stage? Um, and then this was so annoying. They actually had water mm. effects. Yeah, see, I like, don't. Why would you want to feel if it's raining on screen? Why would you want to be rained on in your theater seat? That's what I mean. It's like a theme park thing, right? I mean, it's like a yeah, it's so yeah, dumb. Yeah. So, but I think it's gonna split obviously into two like. I don't know. Like, say a film came out and they said, okay, Mark, you can either watch it on Netflix because it's available streaming now, or you can go to the theater and see it. Your choice. Would you still go to the theater to see it? It depends on the movie. Mm. So if I actually care about the film and I'm excited to see it, you and it, you, I think you agree with this. It's hard to argue. You definitely get a different experience in the theater. And, you know, if I'm watching something at home, it's definitely more passive Mm. There's a lot more distractions. You don't really get fully immersed into what you're watching. Oh, really? Mm. Um, I once if I'm at a theater, you're forced. You know, to- you're just sitting in this one spot, and the screen is larger than life, so it kind of consumes you, at least you visually. Um, and then obviously there's surround sound. It's a dark room, so you don't have random lights and distractions. You can't control like through your window. Huh. Yeah, it's definitely, it depends on the the film. If it's something I care about, I would probably still go to the theater. If it's just, you know, some random movie that I'm interested in but doesn't really matter, if it has my full attention, hmm. I might opt for the 
streaming for netflix yeah, yeah i mean and that's a big reason why i go to the theater still it's like i like that experience for one thing but it's a completely different experience as far as how you consume whatever the media the the movie is right right i mean like like we said special effects things things like that even where it's um like a crowd pleasing film so it's kind of fun to get audience reaction and stuff like that um but, you know, like I was watching something like the, the Wife, the Glenn Close film that she was nominated for on the plane from coming from Florida. And I'm like, this so like watching it on that little screen. That was fine. <laughs> oh, like, I mean, you know, like I'm like, I wouldn't feel compelled to see this thing on a big screen with right. an audience. Like it, yeah. it doesn't the thing felt like a television movie. So that's what I mean. Like, it, it seems like it would naturally just start drifting towards these big budget Avengers, Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't know, something small like uh, like Roma. I, I don't know that that benefits from an on screen other than if you're going to get into like film and like light and how it looks being projected as opposed to yeah. being on the television. That's a whole different thing that I think is so specialized. Like kids nowadays or young people don't care as much about that stuff. But it would be sad if the movie going experience was completely gone. Oh, I would be devastated <laughs> if, it, if that happened. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. We, 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 you had a good segue and I totally just trampled it. Okay. When you... thank you so uh great segue jared let's talk about our experience at the void that brings us to the void (laughs) (laughs) no but i will say that was my first thought so we went to the void you had done this before this is the thing at downtown disney virtual reality or augmented reality i i don't know what you want to call it whatever some uh, kind of reality they have star wars they have wreck it ralph now we did the star wars one again well you did Obviously. a second time yes so this was my first time and i gotta say you really undersold this because i was blown <laughs> away by this thing good good yeah like i the minute we were done i'm like i'm gonna do this again because i'm like <laughs> <laughs> like i was sad um, that i had waited so long to do it um so i gotta it's not that it was a bad experience at all um, I think when I talked about it before, I only like I had spent more time on the two or the few cons that were associated with it. Mm. But yeah, it's so if you're a Star Wars fan, it is the as of right now, at least before Galaxy's Edge opens, it's really the only like fully immersive experience you can have in the Star Wars galaxy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is incredible. I mean, Every Star Wars fan, since they were kids, wanted to do something like this. Yeah, um, it is. It's a fun little story that they put together. Uh, you get to play as a stormtrooper. You get actual blasters. Um, I did want to ask you. Yeah, you got shot right. and screamed, and I, it was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't but, scream. So, <laughs> he, he screamed. Actually, I'm sorry. You're right. You shrieked. Shrieked. Um, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to hear you explain or like talk about that experience for getting shot for the first time. Cause I told you yes. when I did it, it got shot and I kind of described the sensation, but let me hear it from you. Well, I mean, so you just, you feel a vibration. You feel like a little pressure on your right. suit. So you're in this big, so you've got a helmet on with, with, the, you know, the eye things that come down in front of you. So you're, you're, you're feeling kind of enclosed. It makes sense cause you're a stormtrooper. So that adds to the, yeah, the feel totally. of it. Like if you were supposed to just be a walk around, it would feel bulky. I mean, you've got a vest on that that straps in, so you've and got all backpack these backpack and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so it's heavy, and you, you know, if there's any vibration or anything, you feel it right away, and it feels more substantial. I think because of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 
basically it feels like you're playing a video game and you're never used to feeling anything in a video game or having any kind of repercussion for, for getting right. hit. So to get that jarring thing when you see it come at you, uh, <laughs> it's surprising that you're like, oh, I am affected or I could You suddenly uh, feel like you could, you know, die or lose points or something like that. Um, so that sort of ups the, the drama of it. Um, you know the the storyline makes sense because there are no humans in this in the in the play. There's a pre-show where right, they right. where Cassian tells you everything, and that's all live action. But once you're in here, that's all droids and stormtroopers and and yeah. things. So it, it makes sense to do this. But I will still say, just being in that Star Wars environment felt uh, authentic. Like it didn't feel. Yeah. It, it's a little video gamey still, right? There's still oh totally yeah. So that was the the big con that I had before and obviously it, they didn't update it's the same experience but um yeah it feels like you know not even the best right. video game graphics maybe like a console or two ago mm-hmm. gra- graphics which is fine but it, it's you know if I have to be nitpicky that's one of the things that wasn't the greatest but it does feel environmental like it doesn't feel like you're yes. watching oh, totally. a screen or something like that it does no. feel like you are you know, surrounded by all of this stuff, which, which you are, but, um, you know, so if there's a bench to sit down, there is actually a physical bench there, yes. but through your glasses, and it looks like I, something else. Oh, this is so funny too. <laughs> like every little thing that happened, Jared's like verbally saying <laughs> what's happening. So we go, the, you start off the first thing you do, you walk into a room and there's a bench and Jared's like, Oh, there's really a bench here. I'm like, yeah, there's a bench there. <laughs> I will say that. Like, so, Oh, we can sit here. <laughs> then, I'm, I don't know if this was how it was, but I look, so this was actually really cool. Yeah. You're wearing the helmets and what you see, you know, is this fake environment, but I can see what Jared is doing. Like in Erico's real time, you see a stormtrooper. you see my yeah, stormtrooper. Storm yeah. So if Jared is to like jump, the stormtrooper jumps, right. If Jared like comes out to shake my hand, I can see his hand. If you put your own hands in front of your view. Yeah, you can see your hand. You see Stormtrooper um, hands. Yeah. But this is the funniest thing. <laughs> I don't know if this was accurate or not, or like just a glitch in this, how uh, accurate it, this yeah. was. But yeah. you were, the way they showed you sitting down on the bench was so funny. Yeah, I don't no, know I- if you could hear me like giggling and stuff, but... <laughs> You had like your hands in your lap all awkward and you had, you're sitting on the very, very edge of the seat. And I'm like, is he really excited and like just can't wait to get up out of the seat? I think or that was just how. Is he afraid to. I think that's how really the. Sit in this thing. It interfaces with the, you know, because like we're obviously live and then there's the set. So I think it, because mm. I thought the same thing with you. It looked like you were almost floating Oh, over okay. the seated so area. Weird, I think, yeah, yeah okay. like it wasn't quite <laughs> meshing. But um, uh, so when you when you go into this thing, they hold you in the in the waiting room, and you go in groups of four. And you had talked about this on the previous show. Right. If, if you're not a group of four, they they will fill it up if at all possible. So if there's another group of two or ones, they're gonna they're gonna fill up your group. We yeah. got really lucky. In oh, that super lucky. We had four in front of us and four behind us, so they just let us go together oh, so cool. um, and so that i think helped me be like comfortable to do all this stuff and not act like a total like to shriek yeah like exactly to, yeah to yeah. scream because <laughs> like when it was most effective to me when like 
so like a ship would land and we're supposed to run onto the ship and the, just a little gangplank thing comes out that you're oh, supposed yeah. to walk on. It does. It was scary. Yeah. It makes me feel like, oh my gosh, like he could fall I off. fall into the lava. <laughs> so like, I thought that was effective. Like it never, even though you know you can't fall off, it still made me walk very slowly across yeah. that thing. Oh, like, totally. Because you kind of don't know, like, will I feel something if I don't step on this ride or is it going to kind of mm. give and... The, the, my only complaint, and I said this on my social media stuff, was that it was, it's pretty short. It, it is relatively yeah. short. Um, even given what's happening, I think an, an additional five minutes would make a huge difference right. uh, in that. Even if it's just that you're shooting stormtroopers more or you're Longer, just another yeah. room of that. like So they do this thing where I know it's supposed to be kind of escape roomy or something like that where you have to yeah. color codes and push buttons and stuff like that. Like I was less interested in that because it took you away from the, the interactive the action, action. Like I don't need a puzzle thrown at me at that point. Um, but um, I could see, I guess if there were four of you, maybe that gives everybody something to do. Uh, and I was told, I guess you can't, you have to be 10 years old to, to do it. You can't, it's not a height thing. Um, you mm-hmm. have to physically be 10 years old. So I thought that was kind of interesting for, for families that were, you know, gonna look to do it, but um, overall, like the tone of it, like the story itself is fine. It's whatever. I would love to have seen it in original trilogy time period, or, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, or something more familiar. But um, for this first one, I think that was great. I hope they oh, update yeah. it. Yeah, I hope I hope they offer more. Whether it's through this company, The Void, or actual experiences in Galaxy's Edge, once that opens. In the parks, um, that would be really cool too. Um, I would, I would say, like that's what I was thinking. Like it would be great to have something like this in the park. It seems very Disney-ish, but um, you could see why. Like that equipment must be very touchy. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, I bet it breaks down a lot. Like either well, yeah. the suits if, or the helmets or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's going to last longer in its setting now because it's it's not necessarily expensive, but it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, and people aren't running. Like it's a paid experience. Thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's very like well monitored. If you do this in the park when you probably have thousands of people walking through the ride daily, you know, the wear and tear is going to get up there and that stuff is not going to last as long. What do you think um, of like how they do it now with those roller coasters where you get on a roller coaster? You're not running around, you know, like trackless. You're just you're, you're seeing something different when you're on that roller coaster than just what's around you physically. Like, do you would that oh, be? Oh, you mean like the dark rides? Well, no, I mean, it's like, like, like if you got on a roller coaster, but you had that same headset on. So you're not seeing uh, the track it just feels that, like you're so something else they did do that um at six flags mm-hmm. uh and i feel like i've heard about that at other parks too it's like I a don't superman know how, ride it was supposed to be like oh like you're flying or something yeah i don't know how successful it was um but i know it exists yeah um yeah i'd be curious to know if if that is a, a trend that they're going to start exploring or not because to me like the walking aspect seems like the hard part to control or the dangerous part that you like there's so much stuff where it could go wrong or like kids just bump into each other get hurt and now everyone's upset about it's too easy to get hurt or something um Mm -hmm. because i was trying to think of like how would they incorporate this kind of technology into a theme park and other than what they're doing now unless you were sort of uh you know how they do it where you're tethered kind of like in like ready player one but you're not actually. Oh, yeah. You can walk, but you're not yeah. going anywhere. It's like conveyor belty, right. something like that. Because that seemed like more safe. Yeah. 
I think that or if it's a dark ride where you're like, you know, it's a fixed track. Or right. Whatever, you're not. It, it would feel like you're in a snow speeder mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, or even if you yeah. were to drive the cart yourself, it's just the walking around, I think, gets dodgy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the weight of the pack and, and getting you into it is a bit of a process. It, it, they, yeah. they have it down good, I think. Like, it, it went really fast, and there was only two of us. But, right. um, but that alone, I could see taking, you know, quite a while. Like, you can't even yeah. get people in and out of these rides with just a seatbelt. So something like this, <laughs> it would take just forever. And, and then, yeah. oh, my pack's not working and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. But I loved it's, it. It, yeah. it was a fun, yeah, it's definitely a fun technology. I'm sure there's going to be advances with this. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't say or tell if this is going to be a fad sort of thing that'll, you know, come and go. Yeah. Um, or if this is something that companies are really going to develop and spend extra money um, researching and really fine tuning. Um, I would like to see, I think I said this the last time, if, the the experiences on this thing were more unique. So like, let's say, you know, for you and I, when we went, you did the button mashing, like the patterns to get through the room. Right, right. Let's say that we can't get it on their first try. So, or we can't get it at all. Like that would open a door to go somewhere else. Like a choose your own adventure, like different. But yeah, based on like your skill level. So like if you keep passing these tests within a certain time, you get, it gets like progressively harder, like either there's more bad guys or maybe there's a health meter involved that actually determines your outcome. So like, I mean, not a dramatic difference, but like at least have the the replayability, uh, I don't know, heightened by offering different endings or experiences as opposed to just wanting to go back because it was a cool time in star wars land yeah and i think a lot is going to depend on the um the property itself because like for some reason the wreck it ralph one doesn't interest me at all (laughs) Um, no not at all i think i mean it's not that i have a problem with wreck it ralph right what they did with it just does not seem very interesting but there's something else too about it being like like star wars is a live action environment and so i want to be in that environment that one to me would feel more like I don't know. It's just like you're watching animation the whole time, which yeah. which is basically what we're doing with Star Wars too. But they're trying to emulate that real world right. thing. So I don't know. I think that's with with how the void is set up. It's going to come down to that. Like which property makes the most sense, or if there's some crazy special effect that they do for one that everyone has to see. You know what I mean? Like oh, it really feels like you're falling down or something like that. I, I think that's kind of what'll what'll drive the popularity of things. I don't think it mm-hmm. works for just anything. I think it's pretty, probably pretty specific. I, I mean, I just love star Wars. So that's why I would want to yeah. do something like that. But, um, you know, I think it, star Wars has such a history. You've got how, how many years of people wanting to do this kind of stuff. I think it might be harder with the newer, like even if they did Lord of the Rings, I'd be like, well, eh, I don't know. doesn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not, Star Wars has obviously has more longevity than a lot of these other brands uh, and like pop culture characters or worlds. Yeah. Um, It would have to be like the now movie or franchise. Mm -hmm. Star Wars is going to be relatively timeless, but it would have to be a fad franchise for these other 
experiences. Although I take that back because the other virtual reality things are uh, franchises that aren't really active, like Terminator, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Aliens. See, the Alien one would be terrifying. Oh my God, that would be so scary. Yeah, the the preview that I saw, or just the stills, it's like you're going down underground in this little elevator. Ugh. So you're getting like lowered into a thing, and I'm sure, like, I'm sure the whole experience is very dark. Not like. Scary dark, but also that. But like literally, the lighting yeah. is very dark, like the so films. things are going to jump out at you. Yeah. So I mean, um, again, that would be like if it were too intense or too scary, I could see where people, you know, would run into things or fall down or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I yeah, because that would be great, right? Think of like a haunted house kind of situation. Ooh, I've heard they've have. Uh, like haunted house ones too yeah like that would Whoa, be great that's so scary but like yeah like you're the way you react like you'd back into people or hit people with your helmet and i don't know but uh um, like after so after we we did the void we went to dinner mm-hmm. and after that we went to Wonderground, and i just have to share this story because it's uh embarrassing but also f- funny what? jared jared <laughs> went to um go <laughs> buy some of his own prince thank you uh and you know jared's a shorter fellow so he can't reach the high the high items so he asked me <laughs> it wasn't even high hey, it was just set back on the table <laughs> your little arms couldn't reach it that's right t-rex um, arm yeah <laughs> oh can you grab me those one of those prints the uh it was a disney afternoon yeah. and i think snow white me or a uh, hipster Country Mickey. Birds. yeah yeah something right. some one of the other ones so <laughs> so i grab it and like Within like a second of me picking this thing up, I knocked over an entire uh, easel of another print. <laughs> yeah. There's probably like a dozen prints on this thing. Yeah, it knocks that over. Below that are some other like postcards, postcards that knocks over. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh fuck! Thank you, Hagrid. Of course. Yeah. Of course, it's all Jared's stuff too. It's, I couldn't knock over anybody else's. I'm literally with the guy who's merchandise i'm just throwing all over the floor yeah it's it's embarrassing enough that i'm in there buying my own stuff so you have to call attention to it by <laughs> making a scene and then when i go up to pay they're up there with a towel wiping down the deluxe prints that hit the ground oh, yeah, because it was rainy and people yeah. were bringing in like uh rain water into the oh man i'm so i'm sorry yeah for that but uh, I was I was dying inside when I had like oh my god how embarrassing that's so funny what a loser thanks for helping yeah appreciate it uh, what did you think of Splitsville I didn't actually we got all enwrapped in our conversation but at Splitsville what did you think of the food there I didn't really get a lowdown from you on that so it's the bowling alley in downtown uh, Disney and it's it it took over House of Blues right uh, yeah so first off I've never experienced a bowling alley like this in mm-hmm. my life yeah. And that's not a good or a bad thing. It's just no, no. They they so a traditional bowling alley has you know anywhere from like twenty to forty lanes all facing the same direction, all on the same wall, just one to X all the way down the the building. Right. This one had two to four lanes just sporadically like kind of dispersed throughout the entire. Uh, building and I think it's even two floors yeah so like yeah there's lanes on top of you there's lanes you know every corner so they would have like a dining area 
that could seat maybe like 15 tables. Mm-hmm. And then there was like three lanes coming out the side of this dining area. And yeah. So then you're three shooting out. You're it's, flanked by like lanes on either one. So it's sort of right. like private party, not really private. Cause you're not in a room. You're, you're mm-hmm. eating with everybody else, but it's not like, uh, like endless rows. Like you said of lanes, you have like your own two lanes. If you have a big yeah. enough party or something like that. It's kind of a cool thing where like you can get your own little nook, but it, it was, yeah. it was definitely, it works know, better as a bowling alley, right? Like if you went to bowl, yeah. That's better. If you go for dinner, it's a little noisy. <laughs> and it was it was just peculiar to like kind of be sandwiched between two different mm-hmm. bowling lanes or uh, I don't know. It's almost um, like a Chuck E. Cheese for bowling kind of. You know what I mean? Like you're kind yeah, of Yeah, it definitely felt like it. that. Yeah. Like it would be uh, great was, if you had like a ton of kids and they were bowling, but the parents are sitting over here, right, you know, right. on the other I side. Could, like that's what it felt like because you can see them, but you're not, you don't have yeah. to be in it. It's a but good if analogy. You're not, yeah. Chuck if you're not cheese with bowling. If you're not bowling, it's, um, it's like, why are we here? Why, why would we choose yeah. to eat here? So, but what did you think of the uh, food the, itself? So the yeah. food wasn't bad. I mean, I would, it's on par with, like other ESPN zone or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not anything I'm going to rush out to go eat again, but it wasn't terrible either. Right. That's exactly I what know. I thought, too. Pretty yeah. – exactly for what those kind of restaurants are in, like, downtown right. Disney or right. that kind of thing. Yeah. It seemed, um, seemed appropriate. They um, are – so they are, like, just – gutting out that whole area so that when i went with you i hadn't gone for a while uh and i did notice a lot of like that was new to me um there's a couple new areas and a lot of stuff under construction so yeah uh we i will be able to experience new stuff there the next time you come the uh like naples they remodeled and stuff and yeah a lot of stuff happening down by disneyland hotel where that hotel was supposed to go up but is now not going up so it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see what they do with that um one of the other things that we got to do, so uh, my new favorite place to go is Irvine Spectrum, even though it's very far. <laughs> it feels very far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I So I I love Irvine Spectrum. I grew up, so you've only seen it at its like current state. Right, 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 right. right. Which is enormous. Hundreds of stores. Um, Ferris uh, wheel thing. Ferris wheel, tons of restaurants, like the whole thing. That movie theater even is like nuts. Like it's such a oh the movie theater is it's like production theater or yeah screens mm-hmm. with uh like that old timey neon yeah yeah, yeah. Key, uh movie queue. Um, but when that first opened, I was a kid, and it was just the movie theater and a food court. So over the past like 25 years, it has grown to this. It's like it's like a mini city almost. Mm-hmm. It's enormous. Yeah. It's like um, it's like those exactly L.A. to me. That feels very like Southern California shopping center now. Like mm-hmm. this model of it has to be sort of outdoorsy, but right, you know, um, yeah. And everything's kind of big. Everything's huge. It's not. And it's cute. I don't know how, but they still continue to like add to it like just when you drive in there like oh there's barely anywhere to park like you couldn't possibly do any more construction like within the past few months they added like a whole new wing to this thing i'm like how is this even possible so what was the new way like apple like down that way like h&m and apple i don't know if you've seen the new apple building where it's like all glass yeah 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 yeah. 
So that little section, and then there's a weird like uh, really modern or contemporary like playground for kids. Mm. That whole section uh, is new. Yeah, I didn't. I don't like added another couple dozen stores. You know, it's funny. As much as I like Apple, I never feel compelled to go in the Apple store. I don't know. I just I don't care. I mean, at least for me, and I'm sure it's like this for a, a lot of people, like once you're interested in an Apple product, you just buy the thing you don't <laughs> you know like you you buy a new iMac you buy a new uh MacBook yeah oh you yeah get yeah, your yeah. iPhone it's like you don't go play with can, it like oh, I have yeah, to research can, this or something I obviously people still do and those stores exist for a reason but um for the most part like I'll do research online and by the time I figure out which one I want you just do a, a couple clicks away from ordering. But it. so do you think people are just goofing around in there mostly? Because it's always so busy. Like the Apple stores are crazy busy all the time. So the I don't only get it. time I've ever been in one is, yes, one, to kill time. Yeah. And two, to like ask a specific question or to get some sort of maintenance mm. accomplished, you know, on an Apple product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, bringing in your MacBook because there's an issue with it or your iPhone, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I don't go there to shop. Right, right. Even Satter is a Microsoft store. Oh, that just depresses the heck out of me when you see those. <laughs> Sat. Do those still exist? Yeah, they do in San Jose. I know there's a Microsoft store there right across the way from the Apple store. And you can see the Microsoft store looking longingly at the Apple store. It's all <laughs> busy. and I've seen there. Yeah, I've seen a couple, but oh, this is probably a few years ago now. I don't. Yeah. Well, all I, I remember is like kids in there playing on the Xboxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> See, this is seriously. We could do a podcast on malls because, like we were saying, oh my god, I love I shopping. Love malls. I always want to see and the mall, even if I don't need anything. Yes. and like the um, the the treasure truck thing, I really just like because it's a unique shopping experience. Right? But yes, right, right. I love malls. Like growing up, I know a lot of people probably did this too. Like before, you can actually go things on your own, go do stuff, get dropped I would off. Love <laughs> to get dropped off at the mall and like. Even if I only had like five, ten dollars to get something to eat for lunch, yeah. So that means like I couldn't do shopping. I loved going. Oh every yeah. Store and just looking at the dumb shit, window shopping. I would always get in trouble because it'd be torture for me to have to stay with my parents if we went. So I'm like, can I just go? I want to go to the record <laughs> store. I want to go to the bookstore. I want to go to the toy store. And I'll meet you back yeah. here. <laughs> those were those were my hits too. <laughs> uh, maybe the Hello Hallmark stores. I used to always go to Hallmark stores because they used to have more of that kind of cutesy stuff back then. But yeah, that and then I would probably add uh, whatever arcade. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that was primarily where we would just hang out with the arcade. Um, anyway, so that's where we went for dinner, and then the main reason we went was to visit the. Hello Kitty Cafe. Now, so we did go, we took a lot of pictures and all that stuff, but I didn't, I don't know, we didn't really talk about it beyond that. Like, what was your overall, I have a lot to say, obviously, but what was your overall (laughs) takeaway? Because you're not like me, like all Hello Kitty crazy or anything. No. Um, So I do, I appreciate Sanrio Hello Kitty, what it is and like, you know, how it's kind of become this global monster of a brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's obviously very cute, um, but I don't know. I I don't want to say I was underwhelmed by the experience, but I, so it's the Hello Kitty Cafe is kind of like, it's not a speakeasy, 
but it's kind of like a secret-ish area. Like you can't see it mm-hmm. from the the front of this the Hello Kitty Cafe that has a bakery side, and then there's like a bar side. Right. You right. can't see the bar side without having a special reservation and like a guided entrance to this room. Right. Right. So it Which, is a little bit. That's kind of cool. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's cool. But because of that, I kind of put it on level with 33. Mm. Where like, you know, I was exper- or expecting a little bit more in terms of like what you could do once you got to the other side. Yeah. And also what the other side looked like and kind of included. So uh, coming from what you do, from what we do and like experiment, you know, experiential things that are happening now, that right. that to me is what this is. It's like museum of uh, ice cream or whatever, or candy topia. Mm-hmm. Like that to me seems where the whole point of this isn't so much that you have the best drink you've ever had or, or the best even bar experience, but that you have some pictures you can take, <laughs> you know, right. like you can stand in front of this thing or you can take a picture of this cute drink and funny cups mm-hmm. and things like that. So for, if you look at it from that perspective, though, do you think like they've done just enough, you know, like it created no. a buzz so- or you think it... it doesn't have yes, legs. Yes, they, they, they did create a buzz, but you can already tell that it's Waning. not super yeah, successful or popular because when it first opened, impossible to get a reservation. You made one, you know, just a few weeks before right. going down. Right. So it's definitely kind of losing its buzz. Now, all it, the only reason it exists is so you can say... I was there sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think once- that is a, that is a symptom of now? Like oh, everybody took their pictures. It's too late. Like we've seen right. everything. That's exactly. Because it's not a huge experience. I don't know if people are going to want to go multiple times. Like there's not really a big draw without to like go back changing it up or something. And saying yeah, like so now it's, it's a like, different thing or yeah. At least for me, Again, obviously, I can't speak for everybody that's experienced this thing, but like, I don't have a necessarily a huge reason to go back. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree. If you know, if they they had excellent food there, or the room was a little bit bigger, or had more photo ops in there, that might be a different story. And again, if 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 this was just a restaurant or a bar, Super cool. Like you've got Hello Kitty theming um, cups, around. Cups, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cups, pillows. Which were filthy. Um, and I was putting my face <laughs> on it. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Behind the the bar had a, a really cool kind of, not a silhouette, but like a, yeah. I don't know. A, it was like, like the outline neon. of Hello Kitty. and Yeah, it was like a neon-y relief. kind of reflective yeah. uh, backdrop, I guess. That was cool. Um, and then the bathrooms were fun. But yeah, it wasn't... I, I feel like they could have done up the Hello Kitty bits a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, they, they tried to make it like a sophisticated Hello Kitty cafe. Right. Which I think actually hurts what it is instead of, you know, trying to elevate it to this adult level. Yeah, yeah. I think if it were... I think they do need to go more museum of ice cream, more Candytopia, yeah, where it's like there's a wall of just all Hello Kitty plush. You know, like that's the mm-hmm. Hello Kitty booth that you sit in. Like maybe you go back because you want to sit in that booth and we didn't get oh, to last time. That's a super simple and easy solution right there. So, you know, in 33, when you first walk into the, what do you call it? The 
the ballroom or the the lounge. Yeah, yeah. They have the you you're flanked by uh, stools, bar stools or bar little benches. booths. Yeah, 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 yeah. Booths. If they just had something like that where every booth was themed differently, that's huge. Like you have every booth is a different Hello Kitty character. Right. So, so you have the My Melody today, booth or the Twin Stars exactly. booth. Yeah. 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 So we're we're reinventing it right here as we speak, giving away all our good <laughs> ideas on the podcast, everyone. <laughs> but that, that's yeah. exactly what I thought too. Like they did go like, oh, we want to make this high end or fancy or like yeah. Um, so the drinks were very expensive for what, for what they were and you don't even drink really. So it wasn't, you know, most of that was lost on you. Mm -hmm. They do do a tea during the day, which is literally tea and just a shitload of cookies and cakes and things like that. That, I guess that would have been different. I don't know. It just seems like it would just be more carbs than what we did. But, um, (laughs) Um, Cause you can kind of get all that stuff out in the front part, right? Like by the cookies and probably, yeah. Like, so I'm like, well, I don't know. The cocktails to me seemed like it would be a more interesting take uh, for something like Hello Kitty. Um, but I think I think you're right. I think I was expecting, once we went through that door, I was expecting to be overwhelmed by something, you know? Yeah. Um, and I and never was. It, all the little bits were cute. Right. And it, it's like if you had a little birthday party in there or something like that, maybe, you know, that's fine. That's That'd be cute. That's probably ideal, right? Like, you can rent that room for a birthday party as opposed yeah. to I'm going to wait in line to get into that's, this thing to have a drink. I don't think so. I think that's where it'll probably end up going down that route where they're going to really push trying events. to sell the room yeah. for a special event. Or even if you put two parties in there, you know, like two big parties right. in there, that's it. And, um, but I think, you know, a lot of what we've already said, they should have realized like what they had, you know, they've got this brand that's super cute that people love the characters, just go full force with the cuteness and the characters. Don't try and... They went like a minimalist, really con- like modern adult route, which just doesn't fit the brand. All uh, of these cafes are labeled as temporary. You know, that they're not... Mm-hmm. That this isn't going to be here forever. This is only going to... Which that's smart, I think, right? Because you could yeah. say these things aren't going to last. You know, you're going to only eat these little mini donuts so many times. It's not like they're right. amazing. Um, but I think Hello Kitty should do something like that Museum of Ice Cream where it tours and you can go see oh, yeah. it for a few weeks or a month or something like that. Take all these pictures. They have so much property and, and you know, property characters and things that they can that they can do. That, that seems like a no-brainer for them. And then you can charge twice as much as, as what you know, what it oh, is yeah. to, to get a drink there. You know, Sanrio, we here at the Squared Co., mm-hmm. <laughs> we have experience with these experiential um, events yeah. and have worked with Candytopia. So yeah. if you are interested in fulfilling these, these <laughs> ideas we're giving you, give us a call. There you go. We'd be more than happy to help you out well, with your experiential tour across the world just as soon as you finish my experimental tour and then we can work mm. on sanrio <laughs> but anyway i i the the thing about that thing too is that it just got me excited that that this thing could exist for for just a character you know like it's not a movie it's not a tv show it's just a character that people have loved for 45 years and still yes. at this point you can get someone to go in there and buy a 18 dollar drink because it comes in a porcelain hello kitty yep i love that like that's life goals right there for me <laughs> you'll get there <laughs> i can't i can't wait to throw 25 dollars away to drink out of your head 
<laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> Excellent. All right. What else we got for this? Okay, so I don't know if you were going to bring this up, but I'm going to do it for you anyway. Okay, okay. You, before we went on the our little Hello Kitty Irvine Spectrum yeah. experience, you came down to go to Disneyland with some creative gentlemen. Yeah, jerks. All of them. Hate them. <laughs> we're going to... So this is yeah. actually... This is like a lot of people would call this the illustrator pop culture like dream team. <laughs> Jared Maruyama, Matt Kaufenberg, yes. Chris Lee, Luke Flowers, Chogren, and Little Surf Ninja. Little... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Did I miss anybody? No, that's everybody. I... <laughs> I don't know what, what you're giggling for. Uh, I pronounced all their names correctly, I'm pretty sure. That's right. That's right. Uh, let me ask right away then. Were you, did you watch that film? Are you familiar? Oh, with, yes. Oh, you are. Okay. To- so that's one of those like just obscure, stupid, like nostalgia films, you know? Yeah. If Ninja Turtles wasn't so popular before the movies, you know, it's like on par with that, like really campy, kind of silly, um, over the top yeah early 90s film okay so we got actually got a lot of stuff to talk about so i don't want to spend too much time on this but i I, so so the setup is luke had a one-man show at gallery 1988 he came he brought matt kaufenberg i thought those guys were like buddies and like hung out all the time like that no luke just reached out to him and said hey you want to go with me and we'll make it this southern california trip and you know matt knows chris lee really well they work together quite a bit so yeah so that's how that comes i get to tag along on this thing mark was supposed to but he's sort of weird about these kinds of things uh (laughs) so so that's right so i went to disneyland i show up they they all had met and i was staying close by so i was going to meet them there and they said oh this is shogun was coming in and brought his friend nick great nice to meet you nick i didn't know who he was very nice guy i you know i just Man, assumed, but if you did i assumed he was an artist or something you know and he is he is a designer um so then i was communicating with mark because you were supposed to come meet us for dinner later and we didn't know what was happening and stuff and then you were the one who actually told me <laughs> and i was so confused from the text i'm like what are you what are you talking about <laughs> so did you did you know his name or you just saw his No, handle? so I, yeah, you guys posted a group picture and like everybody was tagged oh, and okay. he was the only one that I wasn't familiar, you know, already because of like the right. pop culture artist right. circles that we run in. So I looked up his account and he, it said something about him being one of the characters from Surf Ninjas. I'm like, oh shit, he was a little kid that played the Game Gear on, <laughs> on Surf Ninjas. <laughs> Very nice so, guy. He works for Loungefly now, actually. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that was our group. Good times. Always, it's fun when you go with people who haven't been. Like Matt had not been to Disneyland ever, so everything was brand oh, new. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, like so, I rode all these rides that I don't normally ride. Like I'm pretty. I'm sick always curious the the about that. Like so, I grew up in Southern California. Disneyland was you know more or less in my backyard growing up, and probably once a year if. You know, at the longest every other year, we would do a trip, like a family trip to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. So I grew up going to the parks and, you know, random friends would have birthdays. Sure. Yeah, proximity for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to know, like, and obviously you're not Matt, but he went as an adult. Like, how did he react to that? Is it something? Because I can't imagine. Right. Not everybody's going to lo- fall in love with Disneyland as an adult, but he feels like somebody that might. 
how was his like experience there for the first time as an adult? Did um, he say it was a lot of fun or did he love certain aspects? It's funny because nowadays like Disneyland isn't considered a kid's thing anymore like before, right? Like it used to be the standard joke to say like this isn't Disneyland, you know, like it's a kid's mm-hmm. thing. So many adults know about it. It's so much in the culture now, even before like when we were young, I, I think it was a different situation. So I think he knows so much about it already. You know, it's not like he didn't know what these rides were. He was very well aware of what the Matterhorn is and what the Indiana Jones ride is and stuff like that. Right. So it's not like these were complete surprises from that perspective, I think. And he's gone to other amusement parks before, obviously. So, you know, you can kind of compare things to other things from that perspective. So I think it was more just for him, like, okay, like I did that thing. Like, oh, that was cool. Or or, or seeing maybe like the the story stuff in Splash Mountain. I think that mm-hmm. kind of stuff was probably more impactful to, to like right. an artist than say just writing Space Mountain, which I don't think I can write anymore. I, <laughs> <laughs> that just about did me in it. That was the first ride we did in the morning because the wait was relatively short. And I sat with Chris and, um, I thought I was going to die. Like I had to close my eyes <laughs> for a while just so I didn't get uh, is too it, dizzy. Is it themed still? Is it still no, Space Mountain? No, that's gone. I think then it's is, Halloween. And so right now it's just normal Space Mountain. So Okay. Um, I got to say like that, I was pretty surprised with how well the the Star Wars, like I how love they it. included that in there. That was so cool. Yeah. Like, um, I, cause I thought, I don't understand how that's going to make sense, but um, for what little it was and just even having the music in there made a big difference. Oh yeah. So, and like, I love when you'd swoop around a corner and like yeah. a laser would come and blow up a TIE fighter and right. blow up like with you. That was really cool. Um, <clears throat> so that was our big, Disneyland trip. Good times though. It was nice to play. There was a lot of rain. It was freezing. So we ended up calling it quits a little (laughs) earlier than we had anticipated. So you didn't get to come meet everybody. But what I wanted to talk about, which we were supposed to start off with actually was what we talked about a little bit on the last show. You had created a paper piece specifically for Conan O'Brien. You were going to a taping of his show and you were going to bring this paper piece and try to find a way to get it to him. So starting from that point, how did that go? Um, so I'll backtrack a little bit to talk about the, like the experience as far as the taping goes and the viewer definitely insert the, uh, the, the art part into it. So you're a a big nerd. You're coming to this taping with a big package under your arm. Right. 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 Um, so I, I mean, within the past year or so, we've been doing a lot more of these like tapings and experiences and stuff as like TV shows. Um, Start counting down everyone until he starts mentioning the pretty people line. It's going to come up, (laughs) I'm sure. Um, So my girlfriend's on the the list for a lot of these tapings. Right. uh, And she gets like email notifications when there's an opening that we qualify for or whatever. I'm not sure how it works, Mm -hmm. but we got the ability or we got tickets to see a Conan taping. This was actually a pretty cool experience because Every like step along the way had some sort of Conan, uh, not merch, but like memorabilia and a photo op. So what? you go and you have to check in in this certain area. Okay. And first off, do you watch the show? Are, are you familiar with the show as it is now or just? I hadn't of- watched. So at the beginning of this year, he changed his format. Right. Where he only has one guest. It's only 30 minutes. 
It's not like, you know, before it was always pushing uh, a current movie or something. Right, that right. The guest was standard like a promo TV, tour. standard talk show, late night show. So kind now of. it's, you don't have to have something you're promoting to go on his show. It's more casual and conversational, uh, but it is shorter and there's only one guest. Uh, so anyways, I hadn't seen prior to us yeah. going to the taping, I hadn't seen his new format, but I've always been a Conan fan. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, going into this, the taping, like every kind of checkpoint, there's a new Conan thing. Warner Brothers so, lot? Is he still on the Warner Brothers lot or is it somewhere? Yes. Okay. So yeah. so, so you so drive on was, to the lot actually, or is like it at all separate for this? This was in LA and the Warner Brothers lot has, you know, like a gated entrance. Right. And right. across from that was this multi-level parking structure and like every floor of the structure was dedicated to a different show. So for, Oh, okay. The, yeah. The yeah. bottom floor was, it's not the view, but it's another talk show with all female hosts. Mm. Um, I don't know the name of it. Yeah. 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 It's like a daytime yeah. talk show. Um, and then the third floor was another one. So they're all, every floor was a daily taped talk show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's where we parked when we did big bang. So, okay. That's, so you go across so, the street yeah, and then you're so you have to check in and you park on a certain floor so you get to go see the other floors and I can see the waiting areas for these other shows mm-hmm. and it's just like a cattle corral. Like yeah, yeah, it's just a, there's benches and all this other stuff there and like there's no fun activities. You go to the Conan's floor and uh, I don't know how familiar you are the listeners, but he every year he goes to Comic-Con mm-hmm. and does it all big and crazy. Uh, one year he created an alter ego for himself, a superhero version called the Flaming Sea. And another year, he had uh, <laughs> some car company make basically his Batmobile, yeah. but the Flaming Sea mobile. And it's all it really is is a, like a blue kind of dune buggy thing, but has giant orange hair on the behind the seats. So that actual vehicle is out just on display in the parking lot. So that's the first thing you see when you're going up to your check-in. After you get through the like the check-in process, they've got a giant Funko Conan Funko pop head. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. Probably like eight feet tall, just in the corner that you can go take pictures with. There's another probably like t- 15 foot. Conan bobblehead yeah. that you can stand next to and take pictures with. How did these not pop um, up in your social media? I mean, you're just wasting all this content. Anyway, I think I posted it. Did you like in stories or something? So it disappeared. Yeah, stories. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then they have like a merch table. Again, all of this stuff not on any of the other shows. So yeah, it was really cool that we got to be a part of a taping for a show that has like. All of this stuff to keep you entertained as you're waiting. Otherwise, you'd just be sitting in this like wait zone for a few hours. Right. Yeah, that's what we did. Um, the the merch was pretty cool too. Um, we didn't actually. We bought a zip up hoodie. Um, <laughs> the show logo we, on it or something or yeah yeah. Um, and then so as like this whole time we're waiting and like there's staff coming in and out and like telling us different set of instructions. Um, I think it was around one o'clock. We get like not necessarily seat numbers, but their numbers. So I guess they overbook yeah. every taping. So the first 
X number of people that get there get to see the show. So we got there early enough to have an early seat number. Yeah. Um, and then after you get your seat assignment, you can go like grab lunch as long as you're back before they. Oh, you oh, okay. So they release you to. to the oh, that's good. Right. So, so kind um, of a pain in the our, ass though, right? Like you have to get there super early and then you get a few hours. It, I mean, obviously you can play it, you know, a little bit riskier and try and get there later. Right. But there's, but yeah, I mean, if you want to play it safe, you've got to get there a few hours before. I think. How many people um, are there though? About like like at this point, it's a rough, so it's a lot smaller than his previous show, right. Previous format, um, I'd say give or take a hundred okay. people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, there's probably like twenty rows deep, maybe fifteen to twenty rows deep, um, yeah, and just kind of sporadic on how each row is split up, so mm-hmm. it's not like the same number in each row. Right. 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 Okay. Um, and then, like, the camera crew takes off a big portion of the audience, too. Anyways. So, you're, you're lugging this thing around at this point? Like, are, have you yeah, told so, them already, like, I have this well, thing for him? or I didn't have it until... The second? So, yeah, the second part. So, after we grabbed something to eat, we came back. Where did you eat? Anywhere interesting? Bob's Big Boy? No. Right there? Nowhere, nowhere interesting. Smokehouse? No? Okay. Sorry. I honestly can't even remember. That's fine. I don't even know what you're saying. Um, they... Uh, <laughs> We, so I came back this time with it in hand and I go to one of the staff members like, hey, I made this for Conan. Is there any way I can get it to him? <laughs> and they they were really friendly and were like, oh, my God, that's so cool. That's really great. But they weren't really helpful beyond Same. being supportive. Right, right, right. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, just sit <laughs> when you go and sit we'll let you bring it in the audience because i guess normally they try and limit yeah, the sure. amount of stuff you bring um just hold it up during breaks and hopefully he'll see it so i'm like oh fuck this is like embarrassing not very promising at all so they wanted you to just hold the frame up when you went to break hoping that he will see it yes it's a. Uh, you know, they, they try not to have you bring in extra stuff when you go into the taping, mm-hmm. the, his little, like, showroom, if you will. Did they take um, your phones they, or anything? or They don't take them, but, they you know, they strongly suggest that you turn it on silent. <clears throat> they didn't physically, mm. um, like, check everybody. But it's, it's kind of like movie theater etiquette, right, you know, right. but a little bit more serious where... They brought that up specifically like several times instead of, you know, in the movie theater, you'll get like the one prompt on screen. Mm-hmm. So it and nobody in this situation wants to be that asshole like on live, a live taping. Right. Have your phone go off in the background. I and mean, I'm sure it happens uh, probably fairly regularly. But yeah, nobody didn't happen for us. Um, and they weren't like super strict about it. But. I was lucky to actually be seated in the front row when we did this. So Here we go, everyone. It's <laughs> it's not like, you know, I had to hold it up in the back and, like, make a big scene or anything. Right, right. Um, and the front row, like, so this, where his tapings happen, the audience is relatively small, and the front row is, like, 10 feet away from where Conan stands on stage. Oh, okay. Um, so it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, 
And so we weren't front and center for the front, the first row. We were like off to the side a little bit. Mm -hmm. And during the breaks and stuff, you know, I definitely held it up. And he's, it's a super busy schedule uh, and and like how the, the taping works. So there's every single break, there's like five people that go up to Conan, whether it's to like touch up makeup or give him notes or talk to him about what's happening next. So it's not like he's just sitting there waiting for the commercial break to end. There's always like five different things going on. So, so uh, I actually did they have like a crowd person? Like what were you guys doing all when this is all happening? Just sitting there or did someone so, come and talk to yeah, you? Yeah, in the in the beginning, there's a crowd, I don't know, like a pumper upper guy, like yeah. a <laughs> cheer squad guy right right um to like pump up the room get your energy levels up but then once the show started it's it was super fast it was like literally the 30 minutes that you would see on tv ah okay it's previously recorded so this happened at like five in the in the evening but the show went on at like 11 30 but it's like real time that they're trying to yeah tape but they, it. exactly they yeah. record it real time so the commercial breaks are like two to three minutes just like it would be mm-hmm. if you were watching the show right um so that, yeah the breaks are really quick so they don't have a guy come up during those short breaks you just see all the staff jumping on stage and then like shuffling around the set a little bit and whatever needs to get done so as um during these breaks, he was like, you know, his attention wasn't on the audience. Right, and, right. Uh, of course not me. So I was holding this thing up and one of his staff members saw it and kind of nudged him to say like, oh, go check out that loser over there holding mm-hmm. up yeah. some fan art. And um, he like kind of air motioned to me like, oh, you want me to sign that? And I... I shook my head. I was like, no, it's for you and pointed at him. (laughs) At at that point, I think, you know, he seems like a very, a guy that like really appreciates his fans and understands that like he wouldn't be in the position he's in without them. So Mm -hmm. he's very appreciative. And once something like this happens, I think he doesn't like go super out of his way, but he wants me and whoever else would do something like this to feel, you know, like thanked. Yeah. Like he's great. Right. He's grateful, genuinely grateful for this gesture. Right, right, right. So he actually jumped off the stage, walked over to me and was, you know, we had like maybe a one minute inter- interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great because nobody else got it. I was the only one he got, he took a picture with. He was very friendly. Maybe he um, thought it was some kind of make-a-wish uh, situation. <laughs> uh, Who cares? I'm happy with it. Yeah, no, but um, so he, well, what did he say? So he comes over, and, so and what does he say? He jumped off and was like, um, what did he say? Oh, did you make this? And I was like, yeah, I made this for you. Um, hope you like it, uh, something like that. He's like, <laughs> this is really good. Uh, he said something about like, I don't know, the exact verbiage or words, but yeah, like, yeah, the craftsmanship yeah. is great. I can't believe you cut all this out. And, um, and then he's like, Hey, let's take a picture. And then, you know, we look over to my girlfriend holding up the camera. Uh, and I told her, I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get a picture. As right. It comes down, right. Like just start taking them, take them. So she was already ready. And like, that's why we got like a couple candid ones in there. 
and you know, like I said, it was a really brief interaction. It was Were you nervous? Like a minute or let? Oh my god, I was terrible. Like <laughs> I couldn't even believe that I was able to get like coherent sentences out. Yeah, that yeah. made any sort of sense. I would um, want to see was, that more than I'd want to see Conan. No. I would want to see you fumbling around. Oh, I would uh, love that. Oh my god, it was. Yeah, I'm terrible when it comes to those moments. Mm. Um, but he was super, super nice, very gracious and like supportive. Yeah. He held it up to the audience mm-hmm. and was like, he made this. And like giving me props, uh, props to his <laughs> own audience, uh, which made me even more uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Because uh, then after, you know, it's like, I just. I just wanted to like leave and get out like everybody else. But at the end, once everybody's trying to exit, it was like, Oh, good job. Congratulations. That was great. And like just patting me on the back, which is nice, I guess, but also very uncomfortable for me. Who who was other, other audience members or yeah. Like all the audience members, because you know, the exit was at the back of the stage or the, or the, the audience seats. So we were in the front, so that means we were last in line to exit. Mm. And, like, it just gave everybody a longer opportunity to, like... Chit-chat. Yeah, shout something stupid at me. And Aw, that's nice. I was, it's nice, but I am terrible at receiving praise. <laughs> I don't... I, I, it's like, I, I feel... I don't know how to accept it for some reason. Right, right. Well, thank goodness it, it doesn't happen too often. So, yes. um, like, what what happened immediately after when when it was done? Like when when you were done with Conan, he's huge. Like you look tiny next to him. Oh my he god, looks yeah. like a giant. Um, there was there were so many like comments um, from people. Like when I posted that picture, like yeah. Oh my god, he's a giant. He's so tall. What's happening? Is he on a stage or he's on a platform? No, he was we were both on level floor or like level ground. He's probably a good like 6 7 inches taller than me. Yeah. But I mean, he looks just physically big. Doesn't he? like his head looked huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh he is a tall and very uh leggy guy. He's got yeah. long long legs. Yeah, he's a He's a tall one. Okay, so um, then, yeah, what happens immediately? So then, like, you see him walk off with it. Were you were you too flustered to notice what was happening, or did you so see like so he hands he, it to a person or something? Yeah, he he gave it to somebody because he was in the middle of the show, right? And they had to go back to finishing the record. Um, so yeah, he handed it off to a team member, uh, and then just they just finished the show. Mm-hmm. He ran off, and then that was it. So, I mean, it was it was like I said, it was a quick exchange, but it was. It was cool because I would have never been able to like have a conversation with him otherwise or like have the opportunity to take a picture with him and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was very, very exciting. I mean, day that's me. great. I remember because, you know, when you were t- you mentioned this on the, the last show and we talked about a little bit leading up to it. I talked to you, I think, a little bit before you actually just left for the studio. And I was a little worried. I'm like, oh, it'd be awful if they just kind of, you know, like grab it from you and say, like, OK, we'll make sure he gets it. Thank you. <laughs> Go sit down. You know, yeah. like, well, that's that's what I thought was more likely or like probably going to happen. Yeah. Was yeah, that yeah. like I would just give it to a team member and then he may or may not ever actually receive it. Mm-hmm. So here you can answer this or you don't have to answer this. You can edit this out or something. Like that. But when you do something like this, which is great, I would never do it. I get, 
if you think you're awkward, I'm way more awkward. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. What what would you what were you hoping to to get out of this? Um, so for me, I need an excuse a lot of times to like go for like with all the effort of actually producing a completed thing. Right. Like I right. need a purpose or a reason to do it. So more than anything just completing it was all I needed from it. So yes. like whether or not I had the opportunity to give it to him or a team member uh, at that point, or like just completing a piece that I'm proud of and can show, you know, as a portfolio piece, maybe that's all I I wanted from this whole thing. So the fact that I was able to actually gift it to him mm-hmm. and personally hand it off to him, that was just, you know, icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing because that it's a great photo. Like even if nothing else, like you have this great photo <laughs> of you and yeah. Conan. So yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and then on top of that, you know, this is like extra extra icing or like best best case scenario. Um, you know, I know he gets gifted a lot of fan art, uh, and he's done actual like fan art shows that uh, his team has curated. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I would like to. Again, this is like super best case scenarios. Somehow, he comes across my piece during a very specific like time where he, they need either a poster design or just a generic graphic designer, or they have a need for mm-hmm. my skill set that they would contact me somehow to do another piece. Did you that put all that great. stuff on the back of the frame I, or something, or I, what'd you do? I put my email and like Instagram handle on the back of the frame. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's there if they want to reach out to me for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know that's, that's, that's unlikely. I am. And I'm not just saying this. I'm genuinely happy with how this all ended. Right. Nothing right, right. else comes of it. Like, yeah. This was great. Yeah. No, it's very cool. Were, were you flustered for the rest of the taping? Could you not focus on what was happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> and you know what? Worse, like, the Opry Plaza was the guest who oh. I think is gor- gorgeous. So, like, it was, like, doubly flustered because there's this pretty lady in front of me. So, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm not talking to her or anything, but just, like, you know, I'm kind of starstruck by her. All the and way around. I yeah. also just had, like, a physical interaction with another person, you know, I hold up high. Uh, it was just an overwhelming experience <laughs> altogether. She's, um, she's particularly good with him though. Right. She's kind of, she likes to do the, the show would be kind of weird. Doesn't she, was she weird a little bit? Like they do. Th- so, um, yes, definitely. They, yeah. she, she wasn't herself. She did a bit with him. Mm. Um, which I think could be hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, she does have a very, very particular persona that yeah. she uses for a lot of her characters. Uh, and she she wasn't herself. She was a persona, which, you know, it was entertaining, but I would have liked to have seen like a more air quotes real version of her. Yeah. Um, I mean, were they playing of, it straight? Like it wasn't like no, a skit, well, was it? Or It wasn't a skit, but it was definitely like... You know, they it was a bit. Uh, uh, they, you could you could see it or tell for sure. And so it was just her though for the whole guest. Oh, portion. so yeah, we were it, we saw it on Valentine's Day, so it was like a Valentine's Day bit where like they talked about like oh it's Valentine's Day, 
you're here and what if I was your Valentine mm. date? What would you do? So they turned that into a whole thing and she used her weird, like yeah. sarcastic, stoic character to answer it. Um, which again, it's it's fine, but because you know I can experience that in almost any role she plays, right? It, yeah, exactly. I kind of was hoping it would be a little bit more real, or I'd get to experience something different, being uh, like seeing her live and in in real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! I, I did. Did you guys take any video of this? Have I guess you probably couldn't, huh? You probably <laughs> did you take any video of the the of it happening? Uh, like me talking yeah. to Conan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I I just wanted to make sure we got like one picture. So yeah. that's all I was concerned about and was telling her. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> so is it, it's in your, it's in your feed still, right? So if you haven't seen this picture, you can go to, to your, um, is it in your Instagram? Yeah. So I, like the, I posted a series of, uh, I don't know, photos uh, in my stories, kind of like ha- me piecing together the 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 poster. Right, 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 right. Uh, so you can see kind of a behind-the-scenes building of the Conan piece and then the day of with uh, me meeting him and taking the picture and everything. Okay, so that's all there. You can go to Mark's... Is it the M squared or the squared co or both? M squared. It's... E-M-M underscore squared. So to add another um, layer of complexity, you have to go to a different Instagram account and <laughs> um, go check it out. Uh, I think if you listen to this, you probably already follow me if you're an actual Squared Co. podcast fan. Okay. Um, so we're, we're running probably long here. We had some audio issues. Uh, we'll see how this all plays out <laughs> in the final <laughs> It's edit. always f- fun to be had here always at something. the Squared Co. podcast. But at least there's no guest on this one, so it makes it a little less awkward. Uh, how? Let's get an update on the uh, training. Um, that's I get my 10 minutes. What? Oh, um, oh man. I, I, th- I was hoping that we would just, with the technical gift difficulties I know you're trying to get and running it. long. So I watched your goofballs. Titan show while I was in uh, Anaheim, actually. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and so, We're texting each other during this, this show. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you haven't I, even watched I, like, okay. it yet. I'm not even saying that, like, I feel proud, but I was like, oh, cool. He actually watches this show, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's really okay. goofy. I mean, it is sort of American Ninja Warrior or whatever, like, task yeah, I like mean, that. But I'm not, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm embarrassed that I love it, but it's like... You know, it's definitely kind of falls in that guilty pleasure oh, yeah. category. It's pretty silly. Like, I, I know it's a little bit ridiculous and kind of a stupid show, but, you know, I loved American Gladiators growing up. I like an American Ninja Warrior. It's like a perfect uh, combination of those two because they don't go quite as charactery as uh, Amer- uh, Gladiators did. Um, right, right, right. But it's a little bit more ridiculous than Ninja Warrior. Like because of the tasks, mm. the tasks are more like cartoonish oh, or something and, and what they call them too it's all these like kind of you know roman titan kind of titles for all of these uh obstacles yeah and these yeah. games that they have to play it's like god i can't even herculean pole yeah or yeah just some weird nerdy muscle head so that was the only time names. i've watched it really are the challenges the same? Like, you know, American Ninja Warrior, it's like kind of the same um, um, so course. It, you know, similar to uh, 
American Gladiator, you know, they had, you know, maybe a dozen different obstacles and they would just filter through different ones every episode. Right, right, right. It's like that. We're like, I don't know the number, but let's say they have 10 different obstacles or challenges. Yeah. And they'll do like, they'll do four every episode. So you get a different four of the possible like 10 or 12. Right, 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 right. So my favorite one of the episode that I saw was that one where they, they're on either side of the wall and they're, they're trying to push the other guy all the way to the end. That one is, that's, I hate that. Like somebody always, it's either like they run into the wall. And now because I had a concussion a few years ago, I'm like super sensitive to head trauma, (laughs) especially like if I'm watching it, like I, Oh, Cringy. It messes with my yeah. head. Yeah, totally. Um, and then somebody always gets hurt. Like either, you know, they'll knock their head into the wall running like almost full speed or someone's foot will get caught under the like a bar <laughs> and then they're just getting shoved with their ankle pointing the wrong way. Oh, that one's that That's one's fantastic. hard to watch for me. That's why it's good. That's what makes it interesting. I don't I don't like wrong. the injury thing watching injuries mm. oh, I get, so what I is your favorite it. there was that thing where they were just like breaking rocks or something like they were just literally oh yeah just- that's my favorite one i think <laughs> <laughs> that one looks so a lot of them it's like it's a pinch of skill and then like more endurance about how fit or like yeah. strong you are right that right. one i feel like has a lot more skill involved with it because you know God, this is so stupid to talk about. It is. It is. So 10 minutes. (laughs) There's so many different approaches that I've seen for that already. Yeah. Like, you know, people, It basically you have, I don't forget the, how much it weighs. Yeah. It's like a a 300 pound boulder or like a spherical, like a, a concrete ball. Right. Right. And you have a sledgehammer. You have to chip away at this ball. Once it gets small enough to where you think you can, hoist it up uh with a rope uh you have to lift this ball up you know 30 feet oh so so you're breaking it down to a manageable weight that you can hoist right 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 some people think that you know i'm just gonna beat it up a little bit i'm so strong i can pull it right almost full size uh and then there's like methods to how you can chip away at the the mass more effectively and like right right quickly get it down right yeah. yeah there's different ways that people use the sledgehammer it's there's a whole like i think that one has the most strategy into it which is why i, I don't know i like that one the most that one yeah it's very like wily e. coyote some of these things it cracks me up i think it's but it's entertaining <laughs> like you you do like you can't help but watch it you know, when it's, yeah. when it, when it's going on, that's so funny. So, okay. But that is all to ask, how is your training going? I want updates on your training. Have you been <laughs> completely off so, since you were sick and all oh sad? My God. So today, well, today's a Monday. I worked out for the first time over the weekend, mm. but I, I took the week off because I was so sick. Like I, I didn't have an appetite. I had no energy. I was just out of it yeah um now only being back in the gym for a few days i'm still like i feel like i feel like just total garbage yeah like crap it sucks because you know there's that it's not necessarily a saying but loosely 
you know, you, you spend a year in the gym and dieting well and you lose it in a week. Right, right, exactly. Like, yeah. That's yeah. how I feel right now. It's like I only had a week off, but that's all it takes to like feel like mashed potatoes again. I just feel like a mushy blob of a human. Yeah, because that's I'm what still- I feel like when I went to Florida, like I still went to the gym at the hotel gym, but it's so limited what you can actually do, you know, so you're not doing your normal thing. Right. Uh, and that really threw me for a loop when I came back and like uh, suddenly everything, once I went back to my normal program, which trust me is nothing crazy or intense, but everything seemed hard again, you know, like I have to yeah. build up to, to the point where you're back where you started from or so that you can sort of progress. But I was amazed yeah. at how hard it was to get right back to, you know, where you were with just by taking a few days off of the, the, the normal training. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's why, so when I was really into health and fitness and, uh, was a, a, a trainer and like had people I was kind of coaching, that was a huge, like, it was really difficult to get people to understand that. It's like, you know, you may have a goal of losing 20 pounds or being able to do three pull-ps or run a mile, whatever. right. right. A lot of people would just like, oh, I lost 20 pounds. I'm done. I don't have right. to go to the gym anymore. It's yeah. like, no, 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 no. How, you've got to turn this into like long lasting, like, I don't know, life changing. Yep. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm sorry. It's like for part is. of your day. Like, but it's just like you get routine. up. You, you, yeah. You yeah. have to make it a part of your daily routine and lifestyle. I was just like, talking to somebody to be, about this. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go crazy and over the edge and like be Intense. a meathead that yeah. spends two hours lifting, doing dead weights and this heavy stuff and drinking protein powder all right, day. Right, 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 right. No, no, no. But to, in order to have any sort of like success uh, and be even like moderately fit, it's got to be something that you're constantly working on forever. Like, yeah, it's like it's, it's unfortunate just- in a way, but. I don't know. I kind of enjoy this like gym and fitness lifestyle. I so think it's not that's really a problem for me. But you, you it's have to find a way to get to, like whether it's the specific exercises you're doing or you know you have to find something that's manageable and doable. Like for right. me, we were just saying that's why I go every day so that one day off feels like a negative. You know, like mm-hmm. as opposed to like oh well, I'm not going three days, so what's another fourth day of not going? You know, right. like, so I really feel it even just missing one day, like whether that's just mental, like it feels weird that I'm not going or like I feel heavier yeah. or I feel whatever. Um, yeah, that's why I kind of do that. So like when you were sick, did you maintain your diet or did you eat like crap because you felt sorry I for couldn't, yourself? I couldn't eat. Like I had maybe like two meals a day and it was always, it was like soup. And, yeah, you know, just mushy food to get down quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's oh my gosh, it's so. But I want to say something really quick before we wrap up. Yeah, about the you know going for so many days or not going for so many days. There's both positive and negative momentum, mm-hmm. and you know if you go for a month straight, that may feel like an accomplishment. Um, and that's positive momentum that you're going regularly. It might become a part of your regular routine and you might even get to the point that you and I are talking about where you feel bad if you don't go for a day. Once you go on the other side of that and don't go for two, 
and three days, then yeah. you have the negative momentum. And it's so, so easy to not go that fourth day, not go the fifth day. Before you know it, you haven't gone for a month. Right. And yeah. yes, exactly. Like we said earlier, it takes a lot less to go backwards than it does to go forward. So, um, I mean, I don't know how much this resonates with any of our listeners, but if you are interested in doing like pursuing a health and or fitness kind of lifestyle or just even being moderately more healthy, try and find a way to get that positive momentum, whether it's going yeah. to the gym every day or being active every day or just watching what you eat every day. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Right. Oh, then- definitely. Definitely. And I think I'm a good example because I am not crazy fitness person at all. Like, at all like i just that that was the biggest challenge i think with this time is finding a way to make it manageable and like really kind of knowing yourself and how how much you lie to yourself or trick yourself because i think we all have these little weird psychological tricks we do to ourselves like you know like so i'll even trick myself and say okay look just Go and do half of what you normally do, and then you're off the hook. So at least you went. You, so then yeah. that just gets me out the door and gets me there. And once I'm there and doing it, I'm like, okay, I can. I'm fine. I can do it now. You know, I'm here. I'll see yeah. it through. But it's almost and like that, I have to trick myself. Like, okay, just do half the cardio today instead of the the full <laughs> cardio. That that goes both ways too, because I everybody does that. You make little deals with mm-hmm. yourself. Where right. It's like, right. Oh. If I don't eat this, then I don't have to go to the gym. Or if I do go to the gym, then I can have this cookie or whatever. It's oh, like, yeah, that I can't do. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, what I mean, like I said, try and find that positive momentum and just run with it. Uh, it's You'd be surprised, you know, how little it really does take to make these big differences well it depends Um, on what your goal is like if it's just weight loss i think it's even less of a concern because it seems like it's like what 80 percent diet or something for weight loss it's it's not so much the exercise yeah there's um i mean so this is okay this will be the last thing that we'll get off of this you can health and fitness thing everybody responds i don't care who you are what you've heard before everybody's body is different Mm -hmm. everybody's personality is different yes all ways into how successful a specific diet or workout routine is going to be. So what Jared and I are saying that works for us, you know, obviously we're all humans and there's like a little bit of truth to that, but you know, I love weightlifting and Jared, you might not like lifting that much and you respond to more, let's say riding the bike or some sort of cardio running, whatever it may be, you know, that goes for training and it goes for diet as well. Um, Just you have to find what your thing is and know that it is truly unique to you as, you know, as unique as a creative process might be. But let me, okay. So I I know we're going to wrap up and you can probably edit this down, but (laughs) (laughs) like when I look stuff up, so I'll look a lot of stuff up because I'm, I don't have a trainer and I'm too embarrassed to ask uh, and you get, there's a lot of weird information out there. And like you said, like if you talk to one person, they'll say, oh, no, you should do this. And then another person that's just as valid will say, oh, no, 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 focus on this. Right. Uh, so then 
does it more depend on the goal? Like, cause that's what I found like with cardio, like how much, cause I was worried about doing like too little or too much. And I don't want to do too much cause it drives me crazy anyway. But it, it, when I was reading the through line, at least after reading a lot of articles on it was just like, it depended on what you wanted to do. Like if you're a high intensity athlete, then you should probably do it every day. But if you're looking for a weight loss, you could probably do just so many times a week. So is there any truth to that? Or like, then how do you figure out what's right for you just by trial and error? Right. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is more on like the longevity and success of any routine. So if I hate running or jogging, doing any sort of, yeah, running or jogging, you know, and that I'm reading that somebody who's lost a lot of weight, all they did was run. Right, right, that's right, not right. going to be successful for me. I might last a month, but I, if I truly hate running, it doesn't matter how true or false it is. You know, in this person's workout routine, it won't work for me because right. I hate running. But to what you're saying, you know, I guess yes, you have to do trial and error to see what works for your personality, and then also depending on your goals, you can find bits and pieces of truth within a lot of people's research and advice. But it's like, you know, if I want to be a faster runner, I have to run. It's stupid. There's no way around it. Right. If I want to be, if I just looking for aesthetics and I want to be lean uh, or have a certain body type, you don't, you can get away with doing little to no cardio, um, to achieve a certain like body look. Yeah. Well, that's so what I, I think. Di- that's what I mean by like having a specific goal. Like, what are you, right. what is your goal? Yeah. But still, you know, like if I want to be lean and I actually do enjoy running, there are workout routines that will match both my personality and goal. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's more what I say, like you have to, a, a workout routine is unique to your personality and like your physiology it's it's you just have to find what you're really looking for and what will work for your schedule, your personality and, and all that. In all honesty. Right. Like, because yeah. <laughs> we always start off gung ho, but then how quickly. Right. That's why. I mean, if you can do something for a year and you yeah. keep it up, that's a then you're on to something. But I think anybody can do almost anything with for like a one to three month period. Once yeah, you get beyond yeah. that and you're still making gains um, or progressing, then, you know, that might be something that's a little bit, has a little bit more longevity. Yeah. So I'll talk to you offline, but that's where I'm like, I'm spending a little too much time at the gym. I think like I want to be a little bit more like, uh, you know, specific, like, so I don't, like smarter just over time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you're just doing so much. Like, of course you're losing weight because you're spending 17 hours a day at the gym, you know, like, <laughs> can we get that down to, you know, an hour or something like that? Anyway, I'll let you wrap up now. Cause we've gone on very long on this All topic. Right. So we'll see, we'll see what lasts uh, or makes the final cut. For yes. This one. Exactly. This is a very interesting episode. It is. Um, but thank you everybody for listening to this one. Uh, you know, I always have a lot of fun doing this podcast. It's a nice excuse to actually be social because otherwise I don't think I would be. Right. But, um, and we've got the, uh, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I can't speak for Jared, but I do have a good time with this and we wouldn't be continuing to do this without 
you guys, the listeners. So thank oh, you. That's so sweet. Thank you for for continuing to come here and listen to us through all the BS. And now we're including this fitness corner talk, which will may or may not alienate even more of you. But ah, it's what we're it, it's what we're into right now. <laughs> me, <laughs> I, me, at least for me. If if you've made it this far, I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I'm sure Jared does too. It's a, it's this, this is always a lot of fun for me. And I really appreciate our little audience that we have around this podcast. But Avatar so, season two, make sure you finish it up. We're going to be doing that wrap up pretty soon. I've already finished it uh, and I can't yes. wait to get on to three. So if you're following along with us, make sure you finish season two. Speaking of shopping experiences at the mall of America, they Mm. have an avatar, the last airbender ride. Nice. I mean, if, have you ever been to the mall of America? I have. Damn it. We're going to go down another tangent here. You have, I've been there several times actually. Yeah. But it's been a long time. Why several times? I have a lot of friends in Minnesota. Yeah. And so that's what you do. Well, that's what I do when I go to Minnesota. God. Yes. So, I, ever since I found out that this was a thing, I have been dying to go. It's like the equivalent of somebody wanting to go to Disneyland. Like once since I was a kid and heard there was a thing called the Mall of America, I've wanted to go. And especially, you know, knowing that they have a functional theme park in the center of this thing. As a kid, that was a huge incentive to go. Yeah. Um, now, knowing that it's probably closer to like a, a carnival. permanent carnival, yes, uh, it may not be as exciting, but still, I still really want to go just because it is the, I don't know if it still is, but it was at one point the largest mall in the country. Yeah, I think it might still be in the country, but there's a bigger one in Canada, I something like that. I, it, it's one of those things where when you're actually there, it's a little less impressive than what you think. It, like it Whatever. looks, when I was there actually, like it was, it's been a while, could have changed, but like it's so massive that it looks like a normal mall when you're in it, but it's just that mm-hmm. there's like three banana republics instead of one because (laughs) if you're way on the other side you're not going to come over here to go to this one so there's like multiples of the same store in this one big mall and then like one level is all like nightclubs and restaurants and um weird yeah and then like you said the carnival when i went in the middle was camp snoopy which i think it was originally but then i think there was like a generic period for a while where it wasn't quite themed so i don't think i saw the the nickelodeon um overlay yeah now and i think this is relatively recent it is it's all nickelodeon themed so there's like ninja turtle themed rides there SpongeBob. there's spongebob yeah. stuff there's avatar which i know they have a little bit or some of this stuff at some of the universal parks but nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, they could both do something really cool in the theme park world. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm surprised one of these big theme parks hasn't tried to license some of their characters. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, done more with it. Um, but okay, that's definitely enough for now. Um, Good luck again, editing this one. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. That's it for today. For reals, we're out of here this time. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later.